0: Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be.
1: Good morning. Look at your neighbor and say, you look marvelous. And if they don't believe you, tell them again. Last week we talked about overcoming a slump. Now, let me just ask you, how many people identified with last the title of last year's last year? We're in trouble, aren't we? Last week's message, <laughs> overcoming your slump, right? Because no matter where you are, wherever wherever you are in your Christian dumb, how many years it doesn't make a difference. We go through slumps and slumps come in our way. And I pray you really took that serious and sat down with a piece of paper with a pencil in your hand. And you say, you know what, Lord, where are the areas where I was on fire for? Where are the areas that, you know, I could definitely see that I've changed in my spiritual walk? Because I don't mind you getting mature. Just don't get so mature that you get so mature you miss what God's really trying to say sometimes. The sensitivity of the spirit is what real maturity is. And so just to ask yourself, okay, is there any areas I need improvement and then I thought to myself, before we get into our new series, I want to lay a little bit of foundation before we start building. And, um, and I'm just thinking bricks. I'm just right now, my mind is bricks. Just one brick at a time. And um, what happens so often is, what is the most important thing that the church is supposed to do? Someone yell at me. Yeah. sharing. One beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I am so glad for someone coming into my life and telling me this. This is what they told me. I don't recommend you doing this, but this guy knew quite well. And he said to me, hey, Brian, you uh, believe in the Bible? Yeah. "Uh Uh-huh, I do. Do you read it? No. Do you serve God? Well, kind of. You know, I I didn't dislike God. And uh, he said, "Um, well, do you think you follow him? And I'm like, 100%? No. He said, well, you're probably going to hell. I, I, I would like. What did you just say? Did you just wish me to hell? And he said, No, I don't wish anybody to hell. But according to what you just said, you're not following God. You don't really all in, and you don't even read your Bible. How can you know someone you don't read about? And in all of reality, you're probably going to hell. <laughs> and that got my attention. So because I was a good Catholic that went to church once a week and blessed me with holy water. And once in a while, i go to confession and pray that, oh, Father, I have sinned. I still thought I was a good guy, but he challenged me to read my Bible. And I started reading my Bible, and I have to tell you, I started reading my Bible not to learn God's Word. I was going to bring forth proof that I wasn't going to hell. According to God's Word, I was going to read it, and I was going to debate Him. And while I was reading the Scriptures, God got a hold of my heart. And God changed me. And then one day, he invited me to church. And in months of many, many people, you remember that day? Many, many people, lower level, upper level. Judy Chevette was the preacher that day. And she gave this altar call. And I raised my, my hand just like, it was like, it went up. I didn't even give time to think about it. I just, I was up. And I was down there, ready for God to do whatever God's going to do. That was the beginning of a journey that I never expected what God was going to do. But it all happened because one person spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time with me in the process. We would speak hours. He worked with me and we would just speak hours and hours before that hand went up. I want you to understand something that there's people in your life that needs to hear from you, your voice. You are probably the only person that's going to be the best person in your family for you to talk to. I know you're probably praying, God, send somebody to them because I don't want to touch this family thing. I don't want to touch this friend thing. I don't want to touch this co-worker thing. Whatever, put it in there. There are, there are these things in life that you just don't want to touch. Just recently, I was with my niece, and my niece bought an elephant for her daughter. And uh, it's a big, it was a big elephant, Okay, when I saw it, I'm like, you know, you get by these kids, these big elephants. And now that I'm grown a little bit, I think, <laughs> yeah, wait till they, they run out of room. They're going to hate stuffed animals. You know what I mean? Because I used to love the bigger, the better. Yeah, they get old after a while. Well, they're always in your way. You know, it's like takes up your whole house. And so one time I bought a six foot teddy bear. I thought it was great. Until I'm like, after a while, six foot teddy bear takes up a lot of room. Well, anyhow, she bought an elephant and... um you ever hear about the elephant in the room? We're going to talk about the elephant in the room. This elephant was really, really big, and they're getting ready to leave a family house, their family's house, and go back on the road, and they realize they forgot the elephant. This big elephant, that was probably about this big, okay, big elephant, they forgot the elephant. They, the elephant was in the room, and nobody thought to bring it with them. I mean, come on. It's like, it's like you, being a parent, forgetting to bring your kid with you when you left the house. Has anybody ever done that? Ah, yeah, I have done. I've done it twice. Three times, maybe. Uh, we'll leave that one alone. That being said, I want to talk about the ABCs of reaching out. ABCs. We're going to go, let's do this. You know, you learned this when you were younger, right? A, B, C, D, Let's see. ready? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> I want to talk about the ABCs. Let me tell you a true story that happened a few years back. Going back there a little bit, but it's the priceless of the story. There was a pastor who had a son. He was 11 years old. And every Sunday, every Sunday, he had a heart for the Lord. So he would go out and evangelize with his 11 11 year old son. And they did this every Sunday. But as the season started to turn, it got rainy and cold and windy. And one Sunday, it was really cold outside. And it was rainy, it was miserable. Little boy went to get dressed. He got his best, warmest clothes possible, went up to his dad. His dad, you ready? And his father looked at him and said, ready for what? Ready to go out and give out tracts. He says, son, it's terrible out there. It's windy. It's miserable. It's wet. No one's going to be even around. He says, dad, weather shouldn't stop us from sharing Jesus. People are still dying and going to hell. People still don't know Jesus And the father's like, son, it's just really bad out there. The little boy finally said, well, dad, if you don't want to go, will you let me go? Oh, now that was a real hard one for the father. Like, wow, by yourself out in the cold, rain. He said, well, I'll let you go for a little while, but be careful. So the little guy went out full, happy, happy in the Lord. Someone say happy in the Lord. Does anybody know what that means to be just, woohoo, I get the chance to talk to Jesus and talk to others? Well, anyhow, his little kid beaming, handing out tracks to everybody he sees. He finally comes to the last track. He's cold, he's miserable, he's really soaked bone to bone. He's actually shaking. But he said, God, I'm not going home until this last track. I got to give this to one last. Who got? No one's around. There is absolutely no one around. And he sees this house kind of set off to the side, left hand side. No lights are on. He goes over and he rings the doorbell and he waits. Nobody comes. He rings the doorbell again. Nobody comes. He rings the doorbell again. Nobody comes. And he rings it again. Finally, he's ready to walk away, but something tells him, no, keep ringing. This time he ringed the doorbell and he knocked really hard with his fist. And he kept on ringing the doorbell and knocking on the door until finally an older lady came to the door kind of saddened in, in her countenance. And the little boy simply said this, Hi, I'm so sorry that I disturbed you, but I have to tell you that Jesus so loves you, and I have a track that explains everything about my Jesus. I would like to give you my very last track. The little, the little guy just beaming with excitement that he's gotten rid of his track, and he's going to share it with the last person, and the, the lady takes it and says, Well, thank you, young man, so appreciate it. And she closes the door. Well, that was it. He went home, got a hot shower, and nothing, nothing changed. But until Sunday came, all of a sudden the pastor opened up as he normally would do in the morning and he would ask for testimony so someone could give glory to God. There is an older lady in the back who stands up and says, you don't know me, but I had an angelic little boy come to my home last week full of joy of Jesus. And today... I have Jesus as my savior because of him. And I've come here because on the back of the track was this address. And I was hoping to find this little angelic creature. And so she tells the story. She said, well, my husband died. I have no family. And lately it's been really difficult. And to tell you the truth, I wasn't a Christian. God was never really important to me. And so I decided to end my life that that day. And so I was all set, all ready, had everything that I needed, and then I heard a doorbell. I said to myself, who is ringing my doorbell? Nobody ever comes and visit me. Who is it? So finally, the young uh, lady said, well, they'll just go away. But the doorbell kept ringing. And just when she thought the doorbell would stop ringing, then she heard the knocking and the doorbell. And it got harder and harder. And finally, she said, I'm going to go find out. I'm more curious about who's at my door being so tenacious at this. So she goes down, and there she meets this little boy, and she said, I took the track from him. But what spoke so loudly was the joy that he had in sharing with his Jesus. She said, I read his track over and over and over again, and because of that, I am now a child of God, and I'm here because of that little boy At that moment, the pastor got off his platform, went down to his son, gave him the biggest hug, and just bawled his eyes out. There wasn't really a dry eye in the congregation. You know, sometimes we don't realize of how just to care for somebody in the most simplest of way. Sometimes we think evangelism is work. We feel like we kind of have to do this because we're Christians but evangelism should be something that just flows from us it should be something that's just in us we should care and because I may not know you doesn't mean I don't care for you and this little boy was totally out loving Jesus and really had a passion on his heart because when you get cold weather, wind and just something that people don't want to go in but someone's willing to do it you've got to ask a question what is their motivation why would people do that usually the main one is love you love because what you love you do and in order if you love you have to reach out the borders you got to stop thinking about where you are your own comfort how you feel and start getting beyond that to say okay God what do you want me to do how can I be your servant someone say servant The Greek word for that is slave, and and that is an individual who's willfully wanting to yield themselves totally to God, just like Paul the Apostle did. And so I want to talk to you about the ABCs of reaching out or worship. We're going to go through a popular portion of Scripture found in Colossians, and if you have not read the book of Colossians, let me encourage you, but can I just ask this? Can you make this portion your reflection portion tonight? Can you just take Colossians chapter 4, focus on the first six verses, and make that your focal point of just meditation. Just read it, read it, expect because this is a series for me. But I'm going to do this in one message. But for me, I fought this because it's just too much there for me. It's like, it's like putting me in a candy store and you say, just have one piece. You open a bag of potato chip and you say, you can only have one. You open a nice cake. Anybody like cake? Pies? Creamy stuff? Yeah. And you just have a small piece. You could just have a little finger of cream. When I see scripture sometimes and I have to condense it, I'm like, oh, there's so much there, Lord. So I'm going to do my best and we should be done by five o'clock this evening. (laughs) Why you laugh? (laughs) Look at Colossians chapter four. Let's read. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer everyone. Wow. Isn't that a lot there? I mean... There's so much, but let's quickly go through the first part, and I want to focus on three, five, three, four, five, and six. So let's look at the first two, three, and four verses. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Think about this. Being committed, devoted to prayer. Can we challenge ourselves to say, Am I there yet? Am I devoted? Meaning, do I consistently, and I'm going to really mess you up a little bit. I'm not talking about one time a day. People think if they can pray one time a day, hey, man, check, I'm good. That's not what God's really talking about, praying. Praying is a consistent thing. Prayer is involving God throughout your day, through every situation, no matter what you do. Some would say no matter what you do. You see, see, it's this relationship that no matter what you're doing, you're praying, you're talking to God. That's what prayer is. We sometimes in Christendom say, well, you know, we talk about some of the big uh, individuals of the past and they pray three and four hours. And you know what? That's great. I understand that. Totally. But I know the reality that re- relationship is built step by step, moment by moment, moment by moment. It's continual and talking to God and bringing God into every situation. That's what prayer is. So. Are you, there? are you devoted to prayer where you bring God into everything? Every little decision. The other day I was with God and I was just talking to God and I really, and I think I might have told you this once before, uh, last week, a week before, but this just recently happened and I just said, God, am I involving you in every situation I make, every decision I make, every situation I'm in? Do I bring you into everything? And I really had to say, you know what, God, there's some things I don't. I just do it because, well, I can. I don't think about it. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not asking God what should I eat for breakfast. You know what I'm trying to say? Because I have people have called me and said, Pastor, I have a dilemma here. I mean, you know, not really. And I, I really had to clear them up. But in decisions and everything, just inviting God in and just making God part of everything. So I devoted to prayer. Are you watchful? Here's another thing. Are you watching and seeing what God is doing? We'll talk about that a little deeper. Are you watching? Are you watching? What is God trying to do in this situation? What is God trying to do at work? What is God trying to do for your business? What is God trying to do in your family? What is God trying to do in your sons and your daughters? What is God doing? Do you ever ask God, God, what are you doing? I really want to see what you're up to. You're doing something, God. And then be thankful. Here's a biggie being thankful. Yeah, but you know, some people have a lot to be thankful for. But you know what? Things, I don't have a lot to be thankful for anymore. Really? Seriously? No, I'll tell you what. This is what happens. We're not thankful because we put all our focus on the things that bother us. We put all our focus over here and we forget everything. Do you know do you know that 90% can be good in most situations and they focus on the 10%? You focus on the 10% negative in your life, the 10% will turn 90. It's not true, but in your mind, you think it's true. You have 90% that's good, but the 10 is not good because you dwell upon it. The 10 becomes 90 and the 90 becomes 10. We have to be careful. Paul the Apostle says this, be devoted, devote yourself. That's something only you can do. No one can make you devoted. No one can't come up to you and put a prayer upon you and say, be devoted. That's an act of the will. If I could do that, I would pray for God for that gift. I'd be out all day hitting people on foreheads and be devoted, be devoted. Oh, I would love that gift. Raise up an army. But unfortunately, you can't do that. It's like, making your kids eat spinach or peas? Well, that's another story. Pray for us too. Look at the request that Paul, the apostle, pray. He's asking his brothers and sisters, and he's asking a prayer request. Yep, yeah, the apostle Paul had prayer requests. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? God, that God would open a door so that the message would be proclaimed. And where is he? In prison. So let's stop for a second. Let's stop. This is one of the prison epistles. He's in prison. Do you hear any of the writings, God, get me out? Do you hear Paul saying, God, why are you doing this to me? Why this happened to me? You don't hear that. You don't even hear that in Joseph's life. It's amazing. Joseph was hanging on to the promise. Paul was hanging on to his God. He was hanging on to the mission that he had. Each one of you have a mission. Just say it. I have a mission. Go ahead, say it. Go ahead. You have a mission. Now, whether you fulfill that mission is up to you. But I want to say this to you: We need to get the ABCs right. Everybody say, "Well, you know, I know my ABCs." Mm, mm, no, no. You know of them. Knowing of something and actually applying it is two different situations. It takes years to apply it. You don't believe me? Oh. Okay, let's take one thing. God says, love me with all my heart. Love, love God with all your heart, mind and soul. You got that one down. That's fundamental. See, that's something that's going to continually need to build on. So let's look at this as a request. And verse four says, pray that I pray because now he needs wisdom and a desire to proclaim in the way God wants. I mean, this is where we need to lie on the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the first A, awareness. We need awareness. We get so busy in life that God could be doing something in your family members, in your life, in your business, in your family situation, but you're not even aware of it because you're not looking for it. You're not looking for it. Why is it? You're looking at what you're looking at, but not looking at what God's trying to show you. It, it, it's sort of like when I was working with an autistic um, person trying to train them on a job. And I shared this story many years ago, but, but this guy, this kid taught me something. And I'm trying to teach him and he sees this artwork. And I've seen this artwork, really, really cool artwork, but I've seen it 10 million times. And after 10 million times, you just bypass it. It's like the stars. You know, you see them, and people don't even pay attention. Sunsets, sunrises, people don't even stop to look at them anymore because they happen all the time. But if it only happened one time a year, everybody would be out. So this artwork's on the, on the table, and this kid is just not, I'm trying to teach him something, and he's like, look, 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 look. And I'm like, yeah, 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 great, great, come on, come on. He said, no, look. So finally I'm like, okay, and he shows me something that I never saw in the artwork. Never seen it. I looked at that 10,000 times. I no longer looked at it anymore. I thought I saw everything there. He saw something I didn't see. We need to see what God's trying to do. We need to be aware of it. It says, verse 5, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. King James says, Redeem me the time. Let's look at this for a minute because I want to talk about your awareness. How aware are you? The definition of aware is this. It's knowing a situation, condition, or knowing about the problem and why the problem exists. You're aware. It's knowing and understanding the person you're talking to or the world you live in. It's being aware of what's going on. You know, people want to share with someone. Okay, great. Why don't you first listen to them? Why don't you first get to know them? In order to speak to the heart, you have to listen. That's when you learn. Listen, if you want a relationship, and you want a good relationship, but you can't listen, you'll never learn. Because you have to listen. This is the thing I have. I want a pet peeve, someone say, does anyone have a pet peeve? This is pastor's pet peeve. And I had to deal with this myself, and it's become a pet peeve. So when I hear it sometimes, I want to butt in. But a person comes up to you and say, Boy, I had a bad day. You're trying to tell them I had a bad day, a really bad day. And before you can finish your sentence, they say, yeah, you say, you have to compare to my bad day. You should. and they, they go on with their bad day. Then you say, okay, say, well, you know I have an ache right over here that's really bad. And and before you can tell them, you're not about my ache. My ache over here, I got here, I going over here, I go over here. I'm gonna take you to the hospital right now. There's a transfer. What happens is here you are trying to be, if you're going to try to be aware, you stop making the conversation about you. The conversation has nothing to do with you. You're listening to them so that you can listen and learn. And so often we make the conversation about us where if we're trying to share. You have to first be aware before you start to share take an interest in the person, I ask questions a lot, and I listen before I share. Because I learn from that. If you want God to redeem the time, you want God to do something, be aware what God is doing. So important. Because this is what happens. Awareness gives birth to opportunity. You're not going to see opportunity unless you're first looking for it. Uh, I have missed a lot of opportunities in my life. I really have. And I mean financial opportunities of people who come up to me, very wealthy people, and wanted me to invest in certain things, and da-da-da, and da. They come up to me. Even drilling oil in Israel, which they're doing now. All of these opportunities came to me. Now, I didn't do them. And I look back and see God, oh, God, I see what you're doing, but I wasn't aware of what you were doing. You see, friend of mine drilling gas wells in Pennsylvania now, they're very lucrative and stuff. Said, Brian, you need to, dr- dr- you know, you need to, you need to come on in this thing and, you know, do a gas well because this this thing is just going to produce to two generations afterwards. Yeah, I didn't do it. So many opportunities along the way. I tell God, God, I am going to stop being aware what you're trying to do. I could go on and on and on and on. And I, have, I do have examples. And every single situation, I had a reason why I didn't do it. But I also learned what God was trying to do in now in a bigger picture. Let me just try to show you something. You've got to be aware of what God's doing. But if you're not paying attention to what God's trying to do, you're going to miss it. And you're going to miss the opportunity. Every need represents an opportunity in someone's life. Every need represents an opportunity in someone's life. If you're not aware, you're never going to see the opportunity. And this is what's so important. Sometimes you see something else. I remember the story of a pastor in a local community. And he had, um, had this daughter come into his church. And the daughter would come and say, you know, her father doesn't want nothing to do with God. He's not an atheist, but he thinks the whole Bible is a bunch of muck. You know, wants nothing to do with it. Well, another pastor in the community really liked this man. And this man was a farmer. And so this pastor in the community said, listen, I like what you do, and I see the workload that you're under. Do you mind if I just come over and just help you? I'll do it. I can do tractor. I know about this stuff. I was raised this way. I don't mind helping you. Don't want no money. I just want to help you. And so this other pastor in the community was the answer to this, this girl's prayer for her father. And so this man, every Saturday, gave four or five hours and helped this farmer. It got to the point, it got to the point where this farmer said this. I don't care what he believes theologically. All I know is I just experienced a guy who cares for me and truly loves me. And then this is what was said. The, this man who came into my life showed me what love was through Jesus Christ. This father got saved because he was a, has a need. This man saw the opportunity of his need, he was overworked, he was stressed out, and saw a practical way of sharing Jesus. So let me ask you a question. In being aware, seeing an opportunity, and looking for the need, who do you know in your life where you can actually kind of help someone out and just show them the love to meet a need in the name of Jesus? Now we like this, but there's another word that comes that we may not always really like, and before I do that, let me, let me give you an example. I think this is a good example, actually, that will help all of us. Awareness brings discovery of people's needs. And I don't think nothing's better than John chapter 4 when Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well. I mean, here, this whole scenario is so important because Jesus goes out of his way to walk through Samaria... And the scripture says he had to go through Samaria. I mean, I believe there's a divine appointment there. And I think God has divine appointments for you too. But you need to be aware. You can be so locked into your life and what you got to do. How many of you make lists for your day? You just make lists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how many times, you, watch this, you do something that's not on your list and you go write it in. <laughs> I know we all do that, right? Here's the thing. Sometimes God doesn't care about our list. And we need to be aware of that. I have come to a conclusion. I like planning and I like lists. I like direction. I like accomplishment. I like forward motion. However, God doesn't always care about my list because his list trumps my list. See? And Jesus, that day, forgot about everything else, went into Samaria And talked to a Samaritan woman. And what was this? Hey, can I have a drink of water? What? You, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink? Jesus, well, if you would know, if you would ask me for living waters, I would have given you living waters. Conversation started. What did Jesus do? Jesus addressed the need. Jesus broke cultural barriers. Jesus stepped in when no one else would step No Jewish man would talk to a woman in that condition for the most part. Never mind a Samaritan woman. Never mind a woman that didn't have a great reputation in the community. Jesus says, yes, you're right. You've had five husbands and the husband you have right now is not your husband. You know, they frowned upon that back then. I know we live in a culture today, who cares, right? I mean, it's just, yeah, 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 it's the same old, same old, yeah. But you know what? Jesus addressed it, but he didn't address that part because that's not the most important part. The most important part was her soul. Get the soul right, everything else follows. Man made a it's amazing. It's amazing how God's always trying to make a difference. In know, all type of ways. I-, I want you to understand this here because this is where you and I Need to, I don't know, this is the hard one, because when you're aware and then you see the opportunity, you see the need, then it comes up to our responsibility. You know, when we have a need, we see someone in a need and we see the opportunity, we have the means of maybe fulfilling that need because we see the opportunity there, uh, but do we want to be responsible? Oh, Lord, you know what? Why is it always me that I have to do it? Why can't someone else do it? Why can't someone else be responsible? Has anybody ever sing that song? You know? Yeah, it's a song that we all sing because you know what, Lord? I, listen, hey, Lord, I'm kind of tired. I'm sure you got someone else out there that can do this. Let them be responsible for crying out loud. And don't, I know you don't ever give attitude to the Lord in your communication, right? Of course not. Look at your neighbor says say, he's not talking to you. <laughs> Talking to me. You see, that's what's so amazing about this is because when it comes to the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them how to observe all that was commanded. And lo, I'm with you even to the end. Listen, God wants us to do something with the salt that we have. God wants us to do something with the light. But only the statistic right now in the church, the Protestant church is three to five percent share their faith. It has dropped dramatically. It used to be nine percent. And in an amazing very few years, it's really down to five. The lowest percentage I found is three. And unfortunately, one was still declining. So I'm just saying, people have it, but now we're afraid to share it. We're afraid we don't I don't want to offend them. To what? You're not offending when you care. You're not offending when you love someone. You're not offending when you reach out and show concern. What in our mind do we think we're trying to offend someone when we're really trying to give them life? An abundant life. And just love them where they're at. If they receive it, they receive it. If they don't, they don't. But you have to be true to you. Someone say true to me and true in responsibility to the Lord. Awareness. Be aware. God gives you opportunities. You know the word go. I put an acronym to go. God's opportunity. That's exactly right. God's going to give you plenty of opportunities, but saints, we have to walk in. And not just, well, I'll, let, I'll call the pastor so he can go visit. No, 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 no. no. I'll tell you what I'm going to do to you. God put that in your heart, then you're the one to visit. See, we all want to pass the buck. I don't want you pass the buck. You say, well, hey, listen, I have this family member. Can you go see they don't know Jesus? Well, have you talked to him yet? No. Well, 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 well. <laughs> Let me talk to you so you can talk to them. See, we want to pass it on. No, each one of you are flames and light. And if you're not talking to your family members about Jesus Christ, if you're not, listen, the elephant is in the room. Don't pretend it's not there. Your family members need to hear it. From you. You say, well, I've talked to him so many times. I've talked to her so many times. Listen. It's so important because one day there won't be another day. And I've been there. And I've missed some along the line. Friend of mine. Had a best friend. They hung around. They did everything together. They shared. My friend was a Christian, though backslidden at the time. I share this with you sometime. And this, this happened three times with three different people. What happened is his friend came into, came into school, opened the beer, lit a cigarette, shot himself right in class. My friend was devastated. Devastated. Totally devastated. And then, in tears and sobbing, all he said is, I never even shared Jesus with him. And I knew better. You see... Why do we have to get punched in the gut and we realize we need air and we realize these things and we just live our lives not paying attention to the elephant that's in the room? We need to be aware and at least share the gospel and love them anyhow, but just don't shut up in the process. Well, I told him once, how many times God had to tell you about something before you listened? I, I got numerous of times God had to speak to me. We need to care and not just give up. Some people won't listen. Then you go on. Some people will. So be aware. Look for the opportunity. See the need. And when you know it, be responsible. And just be steady. Just love them where they're at. But have the conversation. Don't know the elephants in the room, but we're not going to talk about it. We'll talk about everything else, but we're not talking about eternity. Make eternity... Your first conversation. Can someone say amen? That's A. Can't wait for B and C, can you? (laughs) B, we need to be bold. Bold. I don't know, but I believe Christianity must be bold. Jesus Christ was bold. The disciples were bold. I really believe we need to step up and allow our dependence upon the Holy Spirit and start understanding who we are as believers in Jesus Christ. Because we live for an audience of one. And if that's true, if that's true, then we're not going to let all the, everything around us dictate what happens to you and I. Be bold. Look what it says here, verse 3. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. The disciples want boldness. We'll talk about this in a second, but Paul's asking for a he wants boldness. He wants the message to go forth. I'm amazed. I am so blessed to read that where that Paul the apostle while is in prison is still focused on his mission and the message. When we go through problems in life and things get really hard and it gets difficult, do we stay to the mission? Do we stay to the message? Or do we allow the circumstances and situations and how we feel to dictate what we're going to do? Or do we stay to the mission and stay to the message and proclaim our Messiah? Think about it. You see, when things don't go right, things are not going well, we say, God, well, God's not answering. God's this and God's that. No, no, no. God knows exactly what he's doing. That's why he's called God. But we need to be bold in the spirit of God. Look at this. This is a powerful portion of scripture here in Acts chapter 429. Now the Lord considered their threats. Now Lord consider their threat. This is the prayer. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and heal, perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of the Holy Servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with the word of God boldly. See, this is the key. We need more of God and less of us. It's not your abilities. It's not your talents. It's not your knowledge. It's not your capabilities. You know what? Those are secondary. But what's primary is the presence of God filling your life. Then God will use all those other things that's in you. You see, we need to really understand. It's the boldness. It's the time spent with the master. You know, Peter and the disciples going before the Sanhedrin and they say they are uneducated, but there's something different about these men. You know why? They were standing in the presence of God. The same thing, you say, well, that was the the disciples. Well, you know, who am I? Don't you dare say that to yourself. That does not come from God. Who you are? You're a child of God. Who you are? You're a child of the king. Who you are? You're God's salt and you're his light for this time, for such a time as this. You can edify Esther. This is you. This is your time, Esther. What do you want to call a male Esther? This is your time, Mordecai. (laughs) See? And we live in precarious times. When I do preach through Revelation, I just got to show this. You, if you want to go online and look up Amazon Palm or Amazon One. Amazon just came out with this little reading on the palm. So you can just take your palm and go over something now and you can cash out. You can do everything with your palm. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, Man, there are so many things happening so fast right now. Yeah, look it up online. It's amazing. How you think in the technology and when we read it in in Revelation about taking a mark. I mean, Lord knows you can't get in the store without a mask. (laughs) It could happen so quickly, saints. This is the day we're living in. Rise up and become salt and light. There's people out there that need hope. There's people out there that need the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, everything that Jesus Christ came for is what people deeply inside need and want. They may be hurt. They may be afflicted. But they need some type of light, some type of salt to come in and bring some healing there. Bring some illumination with the power of the Holy Spirit that God would do the work as you believe God, as you're in the presence of God when you let Him flow through you. Let them stick out a little bit. Be bold. Because they're praying, God, they're on the persecution. You know what they're saying? God, do more. Heal people. Do great signs. They just suffered, and yet they're asking God to do more. How about Ephesians chapter 6? Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, I just love this, words may be given me So that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. How many of you want to live your life fearlessly? You can't kill a dead man. You know, I think we need to refresh our mind. We we, we focus so much about our lives, our lives. Our lives are to be spent glorifying the one that gave you life. And life is L-I-F-E. In the middle is if. What is your if going to say? Well, I would have served them greater if. I'm going to serve them no matter what. If this happens or that happens. Though he slay me, I will Trust him. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of doubt, I shall fear no evil, for thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. That's a relationship. And through relationship is strength. It's just every day, every day, finding yourself in his presence. Well, I'm kind of busy. Got to do this and got to do this. Well, stop your busyness. It's unproductive. Busy is never effective. Busy is never effective if you miss the most important thing. Give someone an elbow, he says he's talking to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see, the number one thing that prevents us from growing is fear. Fear. False evidence appear real. Fear prevents us. Well, we're afraid of, t- because what will they say? Okay, let me help you here. I talk to everybody I possibly can. I, I slow down when I'm really tired. I hate being tired. I like... To run (laughs) but when I'm tired I slow down a little bit but when I'm if you get me at my best I I won't let anybody I want to share something with them I want to try to put some little nugget some little challenge some thinking in their head let them know they're valued I am never afraid of what they think of me because I don't care I don't care I'm not here to be liked you like me good That makes life easier, but I'm not out to be liked. I've never been in a popularity contest, never. And if you don't like me, find someone you do like and go for it. One thing I do like, one thing, is I like when people want to know Jesus. They just want to know Jesus. I like when people are not afraid to tell people that Jesus loves them. You don't have to do much. I've, I've had people f- just cry. Just cry. Right? She knows. She's like, you're really messing them up. I ain't doing nothing. God's messing them up. I'm just asking. I'm just saying, Jesus Christ really loves you. You are special. That's all I have said to a lot of people. Guy or girl. But all of a sudden, man, there go the eyes. And, you know, sometimes it's even more than I expected. I'm like, oh, my word. This person's working. You know? And, but... But I'm gonna do it, and then I'll say, and then I'll try to give them something. I'm gonna create a packet. I've got to create a packet, something that just covers everything. If they're hungry, it'll be right there for them. Gotta create something. It's on my list. All I want you to know is that you need to understand. Paul the apostle is desiring to be fearless. Is this your prayer? Could you pray this? Could you say, Father? Uh, Please, wherever I open my mouth, Lord, give me what I need to say. I want to fearlessly make known the mystery of your gospel. Uh, I know I want to be your ambassador. I want to speak on your behalf, God. But, oh, that chain thing. Oh, Lord, the chain thing, I don't know about. (laughs) You see? We don't like the chain. Here's Paul. He's in chains, but he wants to do right. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Think about that for a second. We can hang around people. And you know what? Can I just tell you? Just because people hang around you and they use the right words and they use God and stuff, don't assume that they're saved. Don't assume just because a person uses God and puts a little dabble here and a little dabble there. And just assume that they're okay. You know what? God sees the heart. God sees the heart. Be careful. You say, well, they're fine. They're good. Don't ever make sure they're good because you know what? The assumptions usually are wrong. Matthew 10, 28 says this, And do not fear those who kill the body and unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body. And a question asks, like, who do we fear? Do we fear more people or what people say about us, or do we really fear God? Who do we fear? Because when we stop talking and sharing and caring, sometimes it's because we're afraid what someone may think of us. I got a word I'm going to teach you today. It's three words. I think it's going to free you, okay? When you share Jesus, and let's suppose they say no, okay? I've asked people, you want to accept Jesus Christ? They say, no, thank you. I thought, well, great. You have a wonderful day. And then I get over it. I go on to the next person. I don't go like this. They said no. It's like asking someone to bake you a cake, and they said no. (laughs) They said no. No dessert for me today. Listen, we need to understand, God wants you to share the message. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Is he giving you this power to do, to do something, the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit, to be a witness? That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is important for. That, that If you haven't been filled with baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to once again get back to the basis of allowing God to fill you, empower you. So you may be his witness, you may be his testimony, you may have more of God flowing through you and not focusing on the situations or circumstances, that the devil loves to use them to drain you. That's what problems are. Problems are vessels, objects of the enemy to drain you. God who can take those problems and make them stepping stones if you just let them. Romans 8:31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Is God for you? Yeah. Then, then how are you walking? How fearlessly are you leading? So you have A, we have to be aware. B, we need to be bold. I, I like that. My, um, my brother named Ben, Bold Ben, BB, <laughs> I, I think the word bold is good. We have to start stepping it up, stop being afraid. Take a step of faith. That's when you get to see God do the greatest work. C. We need to commit and be concerned. A commitment to the cross and a concern for the lost. It's very simple, but if we can get this in our hearts, if we can truly get this in our hearts, to be aware of what was going on, see the opportunity, see the need, see our responsibility Walk by the Spirit and be bold. And then totally, 100%, commit to the cross and and have that love concern for the lost. God will do something in your heart. You'll be testimony. Hey, I was with this person the other day. This happened. It happens all the time. Why? Because just like as Jesus started the conversation with the woman, that's how they happen. You have to start the conversation. You have to open the conversation. You want to see God do something? Take a step of faith. Start a conversation with someone. So I can't do that. No, 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 no. It's not you can't. You won't. You see? Hi, how are you doing today? You know what people say sometimes? Lousy. That's what they tell you. How you doing? Lousy. They're at work. How you doing at work today? Terrible. Can't wait to go home. I love that one. Really? Do you like a paycheck? I tell them right now. Do you like a paycheck? Yeah. Who doesn't? Well, you go home. You don't get a paycheck. You, You want good pay, right? Yeah, you want to get a paycheck? That means you need to work, right? Now, don't you have to thank God for your job? How many times they say, yeah, I guess so? <laughs> we changed the direction of her being more, I think, well, you need to be more thankful for what God is trying to do in your life instead of seeing what you're complaining about. Because the same person complaining about a job, when they don't have a job, what do you think they're going to complain about? They don't have a job. They don't have a job. Then they have a job, what do they complain about? I don't like my job. You just found something to complain about everything. Stop complaining and start just being grateful and thankful and let's see what God will do. Nobody wants a grumbling heart, but they do want a cheerful one. So C, committed and concerned. Today we live in a world today, commitment is a dirty word. We don't like commitment. But wasn't Jesus committed to you and I? Wasn't he? Wasn't he did so much? For you and I, that's why I think it's so so important for us. When commitment to the lost and the love for the cross, and we misplace it, it shows where we are spiritually, our spiritual priorities. And this is where we have to ask ourselves. I want to spend a moment here on this portion of Scripture because this this is this is where I would love to spend a lot on, but we're not. So you can relax. <laughs> But be wise in the way you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Just thought for a second. God's given you the directions on how you need to communicate with people, wherever they are, wherever you are. First of all, to be aware is to be praying, to be to be aware, before you're aware of all that God is doing and see the opportunity and see the need and, and know our responsibility so that you can be bold, so that you can focus on the cross and focus on loss, well, let's go back over here where you're now praying by yourself and God. You're having a relationship with God. You see, all this responds from what happens here in relationship. This is a powerful portion of the Scripture. It's a King James I mentioned before. It says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, Make the most of every opportunity. There in the translation, redeeming the time. Now, think of this. Think of this. How many right now have a gift card at home in your purse in your wallet? You have a gift card you haven't used yet. Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are the people. Raise those are the people at the end of the service. Ask them if it's to a restaurant, and then invite yourself. <laughs> so, so let's let's <laughs> so let's think about this for a second. So we have a gift card. It has a value to be redeemed. But the value is not used until it is redeemed. Time is a gift. How we redeem that time, how we make every opportunity of that time is up to us. I can sit and do nothing with that time, or I can take that time and invest it in someone else. I can do nothing with the time, Or I can invest it in a relationship. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about just sitting and resting, okay? I'm talking about just time that is mismanaged. I'm talking about time that is not invested. When you have an opportunity that you can do something for others. Let me ask you a question. From 1 to 10, where does others play a part in your life? How much time do you give to others? How much time do you serve others? How much time do you get out of your bubble and you start thinking about others? Whether they be family, whether they be friends, whether they be co-workers, whether they be whatever. You see, this is important because we're going to redeem the time. This gift card you have has the value to take you out to eat. Has a value for you to go shopping. But unless it's redeemed, you never see the value. Same thing with time. How you act towards each other, how you invest in each other, how you talk to each other, how you listen to each other, how you learn from each other, how you laugh with each other. You see, those four L's are so important in relationship in every avenue of life. And the problem is, is that we don't do what we need to do because we think of time so, well, you know, not It's valuable. You can have money. You can get more money. You can invest over here, make 20% over here, you get 30% over here. You might just get 10% over here. And you know what? You say, man, I'm doing pretty good. But guess what? You can't do that. Everybody has the same amount of time. No one has more time unless you live longer. But everybody has the same amount of time in the day. And it's not the years that you live. It's how you live your years. So here... Paul is making a real challenge to us to redeem the time. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. You know, church, listen, it'd be really good for each one of you to hang with people who are not saved. Hang with people who don't know Jesus Christ. You know, so many times, don't get me wrong, we need the fellowship of the brothers and sisters, but salt is only good when it touches your french fries. It could be on the table, and it could look pretty, and it's good. Hey, got some salt, sure do, right there. Oh, good. But you never put it on your food. Now, I know what you're saying to me, some of you nurses and some of you. You watch the salt. Watch that salt. For others, you don't have to watch the salt. Enjoy some salt. (laughs) I want you to understand something. You have to redeem the time. The way we act with outsiders. make the most of every opportunity to redeem it. That, that card has the, the power, but you need to use it. Time, you need to use it wisely. Who's in your life that's not saved? Who's in your life that you hang around with, but you don't share Jesus with you're not redeeming the time. I talked to a friend of mine one time, and uh, he said that he was with uh, um, another person at work. And he found out that they're a Christian. He's been working with this person for a very long time. And he just found out the person's a Christian. And I asked him, how did that come up conversation? Well, I asked him a question. He said this, and I asked this. Before you know it, he's a Christian. I said, you never talked to him? He says, no, I I talk with him. We talk about everything under the sun, but we never talked about God. And I just said, well, then the question I want to ask you is, is God important to you? Because... Hang around with me. God's going to come up in my conversation. You know why? Yeah. But I'm no different than anybody else. People say, like, well, you're a pastor. I, you know, I, want to, I want to debunk that so much. That's a, that's a hogwash. That's an escape. I'm a pastor. Who cares? It's just a title. Pastor. Let me tell you something. Who we are is who we are. Put me on the street. I just preach just as well on the street that I can do behind a pulpit. Nothing's going to change in me. What you see is what you get, honestly. There's no change. I'll preach to a person in store, or I'll preach to them in a church, or a building, or a small group. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ will be edified because he is who he said he is. He needs to be made known. He needs to be made known. We need to get that in our heart. And we can't be bashful. We need to be bold. And we need to take the cross up because Billy Graham's message was about the cross. It is in the cross. It is in the redemption. It is in the resurrection. And it's about the lost. Because one day it's all going to be over. I'm not going to be able to serve God anymore. It's going to be done. I don't know about you. But we need to understand the ABCs is not something like, yeah, everybody knows their ABCs. Yeah, you're right. But are we really applying them to life the way we need to apply them? It's not the knowledge we have. It's the application to what we have. You see, a lot of times people have the education, but not the application. So if I know that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, and then I have people in my life, people in my family, people that I'm surrounded with that I'm not sharing the gospel with, then am I carrying that fame purpose? Or I want to be, here's one thing, listen to me, listen to me. Stop being political and stop being biblical. Everybody wants to get on the political bandwagon. Listen, politics will lead people astray. Jesus Christ will lead people home. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying not get involved, but I'll tell you what, all the philosophical ideas that are out there are just causing division. I don't talk politics. I really don't. I talk Jesus. Whether he's a politician or not, we're going to have a politician come visit not too long he wants to come. But you know what, I, I, I want to tell you something, I talk Jesus. I talk Jesus. Again, the politics after I talk Jesus, and I have plenty to say. But Jesus is going to be my primary message because that should be your primary message. Who saved you? Come on, tell me his name. Who heals you? Tell me his name. Who loves everybody? Tell me his name. You see, it's in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the name of Jesus. There's something about the name. And we need to recognize that we're people of God. And one day we're going to see him as he is. Hallelujah. Can't wait for the day? Don't get me wrong. Don't want him to come tomorrow. Why? Why is that, Because I want to be a message. I want to be a messenger. Because so many are lost, so many are hopeless, helpless, and hurting. You and I have the answer. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it means nothing. It really means nothing if it's not applied. And so I'm asking you to really start to make this part of who you are. Not just going through the motions. But really get a hold of the Spirit of God. And really see people has the value that God sees them, no matter where they are, and share and care. And then if you shared and cared and they shut you down like a like a hot oven on fire, they shut you right off, close that door on you. that's okay. You love them anyhow and then just go on and let God just work with that person until one day, one day, I had many people who mocked me for many years, made fun of me. Just mocked me, and I just said, "God loves you anyhow, buddy." And they would come into my my boiler room and just harass me. They 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 would make a parade. They would just they would they did a good job. They did a good job. But God had his last say, because one by one, each one of those guys left that place, and before they left, he said, "Corcum." on my desk I got 10 minutes give it give me your last shot give me your best that you got here you know give me that last message for me you know many of them went to military and I said okay and I did and they thanked me for it but I had to put up with a lot of persecution a lot of things that were mean but I never got mean I love them still I was straight with them, trust trust me. I, I didn't hold back some of my words I said to them. I said, that's one time they did something. I said, hey, that's a good place. get getting the hell lot quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, sometimes I, I just, you know, but I never let them get angry. I still love them. And sometimes we just have to love them right where they're at to bring them to where they need to be. But don't shut down what God's doing. Be aware, be aware. Can you stand to your feet? Those watching by online, today's message really was for the believers. Because see, every believer has a mandate to be God's disciple, God's ambassador. God so loved the world that he gave. And we're beneficiaries, and each one knowing Jesus, you're a beneficiary of God's work on the cross. Finished work. And today's message is about the Christians really having the passion to share with those who don't understand, those who are hurt, those who have gone through some very difficult times, those that are going for times real now that, that believers need to step into people's lives. And I don't know who you are, but God wants to come into your life right where you are. He really loves you more than you can understand. I mean, while he was on the cross, you, you were on his mind because he knew this moment, at this very curse moment, God wanted to do a work in your heart to change you from the inside out. But you need to yield and submit to him. And if you yield and submit, God will do the work and he will fill you with his love and power of his Holy Spirit. And if you're here today, and you're a believer of Jesus Christ, I pray, I pray the Spirit of God has challenged you freshly that a wind would come and you would... You would start to see those that are not saved and stop talking about issues and just start talking about Jesus. Because when you get the Jesus issue taken care of, all those issues take care of themselves. Everybody wants to deal with the issues. Forget the issues. Focus on Christ Jesus. Death, burial, and resurrection and power of the Holy Spirit. God, you do your best. God will take care of the rest. There's an enemy out there called the devil Full of demons who are trying to kill, still, and destroy, but blessed be the name of God who come to give life more abundantly. Let's go before Father. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. And God, we just thank you because you are our God. Will you be with each one here, God? God, will you be with each one watching online? Father, I ask right now for those that do not know you as personal Lord and Savior. Lord, will you just touch them right now? Will they just admit their sin? Will they just admit that they're lost. If they died right now, is heaven their home? Do they have a relationship with you? Right now, God, I pray that you would make yourself known. And I pray that they would ask you to come into their life, forgive them of their sins as they believe that you died on the cross for them. And as they ask for forgiveness, Father, I pray right now, according to your word, they confess of their mouth, believe in their heart, they are saved. I pray you do a work, Father, and they find themselves in church where they can grow with other believers. I pray right now, God, for each one here, that they will really look at their own relationship with you, God, and desire to go to the next level, wherever that is. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
0: Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, You can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey 08079 or by visiting our website at SalemFirstAG.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m. or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing. And that life is living in faith every day.